Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast number 65, the UK's digital TV and technology show. The show that's driven by feedback from you. My name's Carl, and with me today is our tech guru, Pete. Hi. Today, we're talking about a threat to Freeview. Could you lose your channels by 2013? Stay tuned. Now, here's a look at what we'll be talking about in today's tantalising take on technology. Concern as BBC Radio vanishes in Scotland. Google responds to filter bubble concerns. News of SkyGo, Argos Telly and Freeview, really? All change for Nintendo. Will you, Wii U? Plus your questions on FreeSat, hidden cameras and the mobile net. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast, now loading, news. Headline time, starting off with switchover news. Congratulations to all of our listeners in Scotland. From the 22nd of June, you became fully digital, now that the Black Hill analogue services have been switched off. Next up, it's time for those living in the Central and Anglia regions to complete their switchover. If you've been switched and have any comments on the experience, please get in touch. Next, if you're planning to travel to Europe, it's just got cheaper to use your mobile phone. From the 1st of July, charges for roaming to EU member states has dropped. Making a voice call from Europe will cost no more than 32 pence a minute. Receiving a voice call will cost a maximum of 10 pence per minute while you're roaming. Text messages will cost no more than 10p to send while you're roaming. And of course, receiving text messages stays free. Data is going to drop too, to a maximum of £1 per megabyte. Thanks to campaigning, roaming charges are now 75% lower than they were six years ago. Next, good news for BT Vision customers, as the BBC iPlayer is now available. The full iPlayer experience is on BT Vision Channel 990. BT Vision is now the only service that supports BBC, ITV, Channel 4 and Channel 5's catch-up services. Next, Stop the Broadband Con is stopped. You may remember that Virgin Media launched a campaign to get its rivals to be more upfront about broadband speeds. Well, Sky's claimed that the campaign was grossly misleading and the Advertising Standards Authority has upheld the complaint about Virgin's use of the word conned. It seems that Sky was most upset about Virgin's Learn from Aladdin, Don't Be Conned This Christmas message, which is believed to be a little bit of a dig at Sky's fairy tale campaign. Now some Freeview news. The TV channel Really, aimed at the ladies, is set to come to Freeview on the 2nd of August, replacing the lovingly named Plus One service Dave Jarvu. Later in the show, news of Sky's changes to the Sky Player and their mobile TV offering, as well as problems for Scottish radio listeners. On the subject of radio, a community radio station in Lancashire has found a novel way to raise some funds. It's offering six-month sponsorship of its entire output on eBay. If you're interested in sponsoring a radio station and you have £6,600 to spare, there's a link to Chorley FM's Buy It Now page up on our show notes. And finally, Carl, myself and the team at FrequencyCast would like to bid a fond farewell to the Space Shuttle programme. On July the 8th, the Space Shuttle Atlantis is set to take off for the final ever Space Shuttle mission. This will be the 135th Space Shuttle mission. It's a jolly to the International Space Station. And after this, no more shuttle. Thanks, Pete. For more on these stories and others, visit frequencycast.co.uk slash news. Frequency. 
So, uh, Pete, what are you going to talk to me about today? I understand there's something worrying going on in the world, isn't there? Well, a little bit. In the last show, we worried everyone by talking about IPv6. Today, I'm going to worry everyone about 4G and its impact on TV. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Actually, I was slightly aroused, uh, well, excited by the concept of 4G and what's going to go on, but I'm actually quite curious about this. This is uh, quite devastating to the world, isn't it? OK, well, first off, what is 4G, Carl? A phone company or a provider or something to do with telephones, yeah? Not quite. Let me try and explain. So we've got 3G at the moment. That's the mobile internet. 4G is coming to the UK in 2013, and what that offers is really high-speed downloads onto your mobile device, your tablet, your smartphone and we can expect speeds of up to 100 megabits per second when we get 4G. So the fourth generation of communications, is that right? That's about it, yep. So 2G was the old digital phone network, 3G is what we've got now, which is the mobile internet, and this is going to be the high-speed mobile internet. That's what I like about technology. It's always looking forward to the future, isn't it? And do you know how 4G's been made possible? Um, Added one to 3G? Okay, so uh, let's change to a slightly different topic, the digital TV switchover. Now, you know that's happening. When is that going to be complete? 2012, isn't it? Spot on. And effectively, what we've got with our TV at the moment is we have a band on UHF that goes between 21 and 68. They're the channels that we currently get our analogue TV on. With me so far? Yes, yeah, so that'd be all the terrestrial channels like BBC One, BBC Two, am I right? Up to Channel Five, yeah? Correct. And that band is also being used by Freeview. When the switchover's completed, what's going to happen is channels 61 to 68 will be freed. So instead of going from 21 to 68, it will go from 21 to 60. The crucial thing is this 61 to 68 bit will be freed and made available for 4G. So who's using it at the moment? It's the TV companies, so between 61 and 68 in various parts of the UK, that's still where the analogue TV services are. So we're talking about terrestrial services, it's, it's not redundant at the moment, they're actually going to sell it up and move them out? Exactly, so it's going to use less of the bandwidth, free up this new chunk of band, which is going to be sold on to companies that want to run the 4G mobile phone network. And for anyone technically minded, uh, 61 to 68 is 791 to 862 megahertz. How's that? <laughs> really far too technical for me. Uh, but I do understand this is actually quite important technical information, isn't it? So this band, 791-862, is going to be used for the 4G network. But there is a problem, and the problem could apparently be affecting about three quarters of a million homes when 4G starts to roll out in 2013, meaning a disruption to Freeview and loss of service. Ouch. Ouch, indeed. Do you think that's something we should be worried about? Uh, It seems to me like uh, there could be other problems, because if this is broadcast stuff, uh, what about spill or bleed to other frequencies? Well, this has all come about as a result of an Ofcom report. Let me just read you this little quote here. Existing DTT receivers, that's digital TV receivers, and aerials were designed to receive signals across the UHF band 470 to 862 megahertz, including the whole of the 800 megahertz band. That means in addition to receiving the wanted digital TV signal, they will also receive the unwanted signal from new mobile phone base stations, resulting in interference and degradation to DTT reception. Right, so there is going to be problems then. But let me explain it fairly simply. If you've got a standard TV aerial up on the roof and a Freeview box, and you happen to be in range of one of these new 4G base stations when they come out, the signal from the 4G base station is effectively going to um, leak into your Freeview box. If that signal is particularly loud, it's going to upset your Freeview box, and it won't be able to receive the Freeview channels. The problem is really going to hit anyone that uses some kind of amplifier, and the most likely ones to be affected are people that have a masthead amplifier. Do you know what one of those is? 
Uh, oh, is that the one where the amplifier is actually attached to the uh, aerial on the top of your roof, as opposed to a subunit in the house or something? But I, I'm, I'm thinking, can't we just buy a new box? Uh, well, no, because the boxes are designed to get every signal from 21 to 68, and the TV aerials are also designed to get those signals as well. So, yeah, it is the amplifiers that are up on the aerial end, because they're very hard to do anything about. The other people that are going to be affected are people that live in flats where there's a communal TV aerial, because normally they have some kind of amplifier system that amplifies the signal and pushes it around all the flats. So anyone with an amplifier might find that when 4G comes along, their Freeview box can't cope with the amplified signal coming in from 4G. That's a lot of unhappy bunnies. How many are we actually thinking here? 760,000. Is that why you were complaining about running out of fingers the other day? You were counting them all. And of course that's homes, so most homes having more than one person. It's going to be potentially well over a million people that could be impacted when this happens in 2013. However, there are some fixes. Okay, Uh, have the government really thought about this? What is the fix if you're not going to buy a new box? What can we do? Right, show and tell time. I'm going to hand you something, Carl. What's that? Physically, it looks like one of those book readers. You know the ones with the battery in the bottom with the bendy thing? It's about eight inches long. I suppose that's what you're going to say, that that's what that looks like. Yeah, what a terrible description. People at home aren't going to get any of that. Well done. That's the worst description of this I've ever heard. I suppose you'd say it looks like a packet of polos with a cable sticking out the top, wouldn't you? Yeah, so what it is, it's an aerial socket at one end and an aerial plug at the other. What I'm holding here is what's called a high-pass filter. Amateur radio operators tend to uh, use these to get rid of interference from their ham radio equipment into a TV set. And effectively... When the 4G networks come online, these are going to be offered to anyone that's getting these interference problems. When you say offered, offered at a price or are they going to be given free? What they're looking to do is sell these things called band pass filters, which will be about £10. But the government is making these 4G companies responsible for paying for these to be distributed. So in theory, you'll get one for free if you're affected. So yet again, the phone companies are going to have to fork out millions upon millions. At least they cover their backs, uh, which is more important, I'm guessing, for the current users of these things. The interesting thing, though, is these filters are going to work in a lot of cases, but Ofcom is estimating 30,000 viewers won't be able to use one of these filters, either because their signal's right next to the 4G end of the band, or they're very close to a base station. So 30,000 people won't get these. The fix for them is to move to satellite TV or cable TV, which is not particularly good. Uh, That's not really the result we're looking for, is it? In our forum, we had a message from Brian Hutchins, and I'm going to read this in its entirety. This could be very bad news for me, being a disabled pensioner that watches a lot of TV. I did try to have FreeSat installed, but the engineer said it was not possible because we are almost entirely surrounded by tall trees, and he could not align my aerial with a local transmitter. I'm using a mast top amplifier plus one internally, and reception is very good. If this change goes ahead, it will be a disaster for me as cable is not available in my area. And I have a sneaking suspicion that Brian isn't going to be the only one affected by a long way. No, there are lots of people that live in tall trees. So, what else have you got to destroy my life with? Now some good news. You're a Wii user, aren't you, Carl? Yep, whenever I'm desperate for the loot. So Nintendo has announced an update to their very popular Wii console, and it's called Wii U. It's due out in 2012, and here's a picture, Carl. What do you think? It looks lovely. When are you going to get me one? I want to try this. So you've got a screen on your controller. So this is like multi-screens. So you've got your own independent screen. This is going to make gaming a lot better. I mean, I'm imagining Mario Kart's alone. All the controls are the same. You've got the, it seems to have those trigger buttons and the, the cursor thing and the fire buttons and everything else like that. But you do have this beautiful screen in the middle. I can't wait to play with one. Are you getting one? I think when they come out, I'll be certainly looking at one. I mean, the controller looks about as big as a tablet device. It does look a bit unwieldy, but the idea of having your own screen so you can do your own thing without having to look at the TV set is pretty good. Do you want to hear the specs? 
love to. Is that a camera lens on the top? Ah, well spotted. Yes, it has a camera. It also has built-in rumble, a gyroscope, an accelerometer, a microphone and stereo speakers. So you could, in theory, start using this for video chat. Uh, and also a sensor strip and a stylus on this screen. It's a touchscreen. It's 16 by 9 ratio, and it's a 6.2-inch screen. So it is kind of tablet size, or certainly something about the size of a Samsung Galaxy Tab. This is going to cost a lot. This is like a whole gaming console on its own. And the console itself, fortunately, will be backward compatible with the old Wii accessories. It now supports full HDMI. The original Wii isn't an HD unit, so it will now be fully HD. And also it'll have four USB sockets and SD as well. So definitely one to watch, and that should be out sometime next year. Do we have a price? And the other thing is, can that be standalone? I mean, could you take just that handset, maybe in the car with you, and play games on it independently? Oh, good question. I expect it won't be. I, I expect it'll have to be tied to the base unit, and uh, you can probably do some things with it. I doubt if it's got any uh, mobile internet on it, so it probably wouldn't work beyond the house and beyond being in touch wirelessly with the main controller. And as for price, no. Sadly, no price as yet. Well, I can't wait to hear what it is. Keep me informed. I certainly will. I'm now going to keep you informed about a quick bit of Sky News. Yeah, but before you do that, can I just interject here? I was seeing uh, BlackBerry are advertising their own iPad device on TV at the moment, aren't they? Well done, yes. They're getting into the tablet market. Everyone's trying to bring out a tablet device at the moment. And BlackBerry has just brought out theirs. It's a very nice-looking device as well. I must admit, BlackBerry... Still not my favourite of the platforms, but it's a nice-looking tablet device, and that ad is on every channel all the time at the moment. So, uh, yeah, possibly one to watch. Do you know how much they're going for? Yeah, you're talking about the BlackBerry Playbook, and they're going for around about 330 350 at the moment. No, I'm all right. What are we doing next? Sky News? There's a service called Sky Go, which will be launching on the 6th of July. It combines Sky Player, which is the uh, equivalent of BBC's iPlayer but for Sky, with their mobile TV offering, allowing existing Sky users to watch live TV on their mobile devices and on their computers, as well as on smartphones and tablets. And uh, unusually for Sky, they're offering it for free to their existing subscribers. I'm sorry, I can only imagine this is going to encourage hard work in the workplace, isn't it? On your laptop... Oh, it's a good thing you can sit there and watch all those episodes of Battlestar Galactica on the move. Uh, as I say, it's free to existing Sky users, which is good. Certainly better than their current offering, which you have to pay for, even if you're a Sky customer. Uh, if you're not a Sky customer, you can get this full service for £15 a month. Channels on offer include Sky One, Sky Sports, Sky Atlantic, ESPN, Gold, Nickelodeon and Disney. Although not all of those will be available on the mobile device, just on the PC and Mac. So there you go, Sky Go, and apparently you'll only be allowed two devices per Sky subscription. So you can have a computer and a mobile phone, but you can't have three devices on at the same time. I thought you said the subscription was free. Free to Sky subscribers. Ah, so if you're an existing Sky person, but if you're not an existing Sky person, you have to pay all right. Okay, that makes sense. So that's where the money's coming in. And there you go, that's called Sky Go, and it's out on the 6th of July. Okay, off to the part we go then. Time to be sold a seesaw, isn't it? Now, do you remember Seesaw, a.k.a. Project Kangaroo? Seesaw, what was that about? Well, here's my pun of the week. Now, this will be one of yours, but I'm going to go for this one. The future of Seesaw is in the balance. Doesn't cut the mustard with me. I can't believe you thought that would be one of mine. That was terrible. Oh, I just thought I'd share the cheese today. Anyway, uh, Seesaw, if you don't know about it, and funnily enough, not that many people do, it's an online TV service that lets you watch free TV from the BBC Channel 4 and Channel 5. It launched in 2010 and currently offers around 3,500 hours of TV. However, in May, the parent company, Aquiva, decided to pull the plug. The service was actually scheduled to close on the 20th of June, but another company has just stepped in to, um, to express an interest in buying the service. 
That company is called Criterion Capital Partners, and they are the company that recently snapped up Bebo and are currently interested in getting MySpace as well. So there may be a reprieve. As we're recording this, the service is still live and the talks are still ongoing uh, for this company to acquire Seesaw. So the future of Seesaw is in the balance. Sorry. So I was going to ask you what's next, but I've got a better idea. Uh, Scottish listeners, hands up if you speak Gaelic. And hands up if you speak English. And hands up if you speak Hindi. Uh, because if you're one of those last groups, uh, forget it. It's only Gaelic now. That's not quite right, but let me tell you what the story is. Now, we briefly touched on this in the news section for the last show, but on the 8th of June, the Gaelic service BBC Alba launched on Freeview in the Scotland area. Originally, this channel launched in 2008 and was on Sky and Virgin, but it's now available from Freeview transmitters in Scotland. However, there is a bit of a problem. There wasn't enough space on the BBC's allocation on Freeview, so in order to squeeze in this TV channel, they've had to remove 10 radio channels. So between 5 and midnight on weekdays and also in the evenings at weekends BBC Radio 1, 2, 3, 4 Extra, 5 Live BBC Scotland, World Service and the Asian Network all vanish on Freeview to make space for BBC Alba. Poof! And as if by magic they've gone. And the BBC's justification for this is you can still get those radio stations digitally on DAB. However, a lot of people in Scotland are saying they can't get DAB and they rely on Freeview to get those radio stations. We heard from Nico in our forum and he says, I feel highly aggrieved and even to some extent insulted. I'm absolutely furious and consider the BBC's behaviour in this to be entirely unsatisfactory and without any respect whatsoever to its listeners. And there are some petitions out already to try and get these services reinstated. Yeah, I do actually feel sorry for a lot of the Scottish people. I think it's absolutely essential to keep Gaelic alive. There's no doubt about it. But I think we should try and encourage other people to want to get involved and not eliminate things. So I do think the BBC need to sort themselves out there, don't you? Couldn't agree more. Petition time. Right, while everyone's typing up their petitions, look at this catalogue. Does this ring any bells? Oh, the laminated book of dreams. Just the place my heart goes to on a lonely night. Yes, what you're lovingly holding there is an Argos catalogue. And this is news that Argos has launched a TV channel. The channel launched on the 15th of June and is available only on Sky at the moment, on Sky 642. And yes, the entire Argos catalogue on your telly. You mean they'll be saying things like number 642 to collection point TV. Do you think people will queue up in your living room for their their products? (laughs) Yeah, the neighbours come round and say, what are you waiting for? Yeah, I don't, I'll, I'll get in a lamp or something, I don't know. So there you go. Yes, the Argos TV channel is now available on Sky. They've also brought out an iPhone app, so you can shop on your handheld device, as well as watching your TV. And this seems to be as a result of Argos's recent announcement of an 8% decline in sales. So they're clearly trying to branch into the TV market and competing with the likes of Bid TV and QVC. Excellent. I'm looking forward to that great laminated TV of dreams. Just before we dive into interaction, one other thing uh, I wanted to catch up with you on. Do you remember in the last show we talked about internet filter bubbles? Oh, yes. The way that the Big Brother's creeping into the World Wide Web, you mean? That's the one. In the last show... There's a squirrel. In the, oh, there's a squirrel. Squirrel, everyone. Squirrel! Squirrel! squirrel. There's a squirrel. There's a squirrel. There's a squirrel. Yeah, 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 squirrel. Squirrel. Our listeners, just for our listeners' benefit, we have a squirrel out of the window of the studio. Just in case you didn't know, everyone, there is a squirrel. He's a cheeky little chap. No, in the last show, we talked about the report by Eli Perista about this thing called the filter bubble, which uh, means that if you're using Google in two different places, you'll get different sets of search results. Well, Google has come back and responded to that TED report. They're getting anxious and angry, are they? 
Oh, no, there's quite a measured response, actually. There's a guy called Matt Cutts, who's one of the most chatty people over there at Google. And he says, if someone prefers to search Google without personalization, all they have to do is add ampersand PWS equals zero to the end of their search string. Oh, I already knew it. It was in the back of my mind. I knew there was something I was going to do. Or alternatively, if using the Google Chrome browser, you can switch to the incognito mode and therefore your personalization won't take effect. He also talks about personalization having less of an impact than localization. So the country that you're in and the IP address that you're on can also determine your search results. He says at the end here, uh, I saw Eli's talk at TED and was skeptical, although I did enjoy the example of Facebook starting to return only results from his liberal friends. So he seems to be saying here, yeah, well, you know, Google doesn't do this personalization and you can turn it off, pointing the finger at Facebook. Thank you very much for that, Pete. Now, you might notice a rather strange difference in the sound quality. It's because Pete's taken me out of the studio and dragged me kicking and screaming to London. Are we nearly there yet? Well, we are indeed here. Now, a couple of months ago, we were up at the Gadget Show in Birmingham. We're now back in London, and we are at the Home Technology event, which is held at Excel. I'm hungry. Yeah, lunchtime in a minute. Uh, we're in a big hall in a conference centre in Excel, looking at a whole bunch of stuff. What have you seen today, Carl? I've seen many strange, new, wonderful, wacky things. Uh, lots of things to help out with the home, but they're gadget orientated. Uh, by the way, I'm thirsty as well. Okay, there is a coffee shop just outside. Yeah, there's loads and loads of stands here. Admittedly, this is more for trade than the uh, consumer market. There's lots of people here that are doing uh, home automation services, kitting out your home so you can get HD in every room, that kind of thing. But some very interesting kit on display and some good consumer products. Now, what we've done, being frequency cast, we've wandered around with the microphone and we've interviewed four or five of what we consider to be the best consumer product stands here. First of all, we spoke to uh, someone with a nice product for keeping your screens nice and clean. Oh yes, they were great. They got some baby oil out and wiped it all over technology. I love a bit of baby oil at any event. We've also found a company that can save on your gas bill with a rather novel little gadget that you screw onto your radiators. Yep, that's infrared control as well, which I liked. And we've spoken to a company called Savant, who have got this absolutely amazing home automation system, uh, which uh, basically uses an iPod Touch or an iPad to control everything. It does your home security, your media library, security cameras, and it can even adjust the temperature of your pool. How's that? Fantastic. Just got to get a pool. Uh, who else did we see while we were here? Well, we went to a stand uh, called Light Wave RF, where we bumped into John and Alexandra. Indeed, and what they're offering is some rather innovative light bulbs and light switches and main switches that you can control remotely and get uh, effectively home automation at a very, very cheap price compared with some of the other more expensive solutions we've got here. Oh yeah, James Bond stuff coming your way. And a final hello to a chap I think you fell in love with, didn't you? Tom Tucker from a company called Premier Mounts. He was great. Hello, Tom, if you're listening. Yeah, he tells us the future is growing chairs. Growing chairs. I think that's brilliant. Yep, you should be able to grow a chair from a seed. Personally, I'm still waiting for fruit that's grown with its own barcode, but uh, apparently that's coming soon. Yes, as soon when you visit IKEA, it'll just be a forest. There you go. We'll be looking in a little more detail at the home technology event. That will probably be in our August podcast. But here we are. It's fun time. And now, apparently, I have to go and find Carl a nice cup of tea. Are we nearly there yet? Hi there, I'm Susie Perry from The Gadget Show, listening to Frequency Cast. Okay, so before we move on, a quick quiz for our listeners. Yes, what is this mysterious noise? This is some little object that we've got in the studio, and we want to see if you can work out what this sound is.
If you think you know, do let us know. And one way of doing that is going to our Facebook page and writing on our wall. While you're there, don't forget to like us. We need a few more likes. Turn off your internet filter, hang on to your hazelnuts. We're going to interaction. And time for some feedback and questions now. Just before we start, I was looking through our listener survey forms and I found this one from a, a rather friendly chap or chappess. The user questions I find to be irrelevant and basic. It sounds like listening to my granddad asking me how to Google something. I like more advanced questions that aren't dependent on a particular setup, which is a fair comment, I think. Yeah, to an extent I'm with you. We are driven by the feedback we get from our listeners. So if somebody asks us a question, we will answer it. But some of the questions, I must admit, are getting a little on the basic side. So if you do have some technical questions for us, fire them over. Um, general questions are obviously better than specific questions, but we're here to help, so please get in touch. Uh, now, Carl, you have a question. I do, yes, and let's hope you can avoid tedium. Anyway, this one's an interesting one. Uh, first question is from Keith Gardner. He asks, can I use my DVD recorder via my Freesat box for recording digital programmes? Yes, Scott. Next. Good, yeah, I like the profanity of that one. Don't you mean the profoundness? Yeah, I like that bit too as well. This next one's from Sue Gordon about internet cameras. What I would like are discreet small cameras I can place around my home in communal areas to check when I am out. Can you recommend any? The cameras I have seen are all a bit too big and clumsy. Are there not any small ones? If you look on the studio shelf behind me, can you see that little box there? What does that say on the front? Sorry, where? The large grey box with a lens on it over there. Oh, the little one over there? Yeah, so Sue's talking about internet cameras. What I'm actually looking at now is our studio webcam, which is a Panasonic BLC131. Yeah, it's not as subtle as it could be, but it's nice having a TV camera in the studio. Yeah, they are fairly sizable chunks. They do have to be that size, though, because effectively they've got internet servers built in and wireless receivers. So they are fairly chunky because they have so much technology in them. And of course, they need a mains power supply. If you're looking for something smaller, you could take a look at something called My Home 247. It's something we reviewed oh a good two or three years back now but take a look at the link on our show notes the cameras are fairly small because they rely on a sort of a base receiver that plugs into your home broadband so yeah my home 247 potentially worth a look there sue and listeners if you have any suggestions please get in touch and we'll pass those along I think you're being a bit flippant and and passing over this a little too quickly, Pete. One of the things about these sort of cameras is where you place them. You can actually make your camera, whatever size it is, far more discreet by hiding it into a place like on a shelf. I mean, if I'm looking around here in the studio, the cameras are actually placed on shelves with, yeah, admittedly, you have a lot of junk and tech, sorry, not junk, technology around here, but um, you would hardly know it was there because it's in situ and it looks quite comfortable in its surroundings, so you wouldn't particularly notice it's a camera. We've got helicopters and all that sort of rubbish here, but you can also hide them on bookshelves and things like that. The reason I'm holding a helicopter is I'm about to buy the next generation of these little handheld flappy helicopters, one that has a camera on it. So you can fly around, little diddy helicopter with a camera. How cool. That sounds great. I've almost broken all my propellers. If anyone knows where I can get new propellers from, if you want to send me some, that'd be great. So there you go, Sue. If you fancy uh, using a small spy helicopter to keep an eye on your house while you're out, there's a thought. Uh, Who have we got next then, Carl? Well, next I'd like to say thanks to Dave Taylor for this message about Freesat HD. Just to let you know that this week, BBC One HD and BBC HD on Freesat 
change transmission type from S1 to S2. I'd love to say I understand what you mean by this, but I'm just going to carry on reading and I'm sure people will tell me in a minute. My Humex PVR is okay, but my Panasonic TV has no signal on those channels. Yeah, he then goes on to say that channel 4 HD is okay and that uses S2. So this is all about the uh, HD formats that we mentioned in the last show. I had to do a Freeview setup which erases all of my channels and rescans. So that's the fix. He says he's not seen anything about this on the Freesat website, so maybe it's up to FrequencyCast to spread the word. So there you go. That's what you need to do. If you have a problem with your Freesat HD, do a full rescan for channels and you should be fine and dandy. Many thanks, Dave. And now a podline call. My name's Moira Ratson. I'm ringing to ask about wireless dongles to connect to the mobile phone so that you can use your netbook for emails and internet access uh, wherever you are and not have to worry about finding somewhere with um, a network and I just want a bit of sort of information or advice. Well, we covered the mobile internet back in show number 38, so pop back and have a listen. As for which one's the best, as we reported in the last show, O2 is coming out as the fastest of the providers, and at the moment they've got a very good deal on pay-as-you-go dongles. See the link on our show notes. Great, and now time for another podline call. Hello, FrequencyCast. It's Jonathan Turner calling, your resident uh, FrequencyCast stalker. I've just listened to show 64, um, I noticed that someone suggested that you do a piece on uh, running bike gadgets. Now, as much as I know Carl would probably like to take up the challenge and do that 20-mile run that you suggested, I just thought I would mention that I am actually a long-distance runner and I'd be more than happy to try any different gadgets because it would probably help me out with my training. I do half marathons, mini marathons as I call them. I haven't done a full marathon yet, but there you go. So, um, yeah, if you want to use me, then feel free to abuse me. So, Carl, do you like the idea of running a 20-mile marathon? No, no, we'll get Jonathan to do it. In fact, I have a mission for him. It's a little bit like Mission Impossible. You know that squirrel? Can you see where it went? Just keep running. So what are we going to do? Are we going to set Jonathan a challenge, or should we see if our listeners are up for doing that for us? I think we should get our listeners to do that for us. Jonathan, if you want to hassle some of your friends, get them to contact us. Uh, We need at least 50 responses before we start to move, because unlike you, we're a bit lethargic. Yeah, pass the donuts. Oh, well, we're just starting to wrap up another great one. So uh, you can leave us a voicemail by calling on 0208 133 Or you can text us on 07882 043 521. Anything to say? Get in touch. Frequency cast. Shut down in progress. Well, that's the end of this show, show 65. For news updates or to get in touch, please visit frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for FrequencyCast. Thanks for listening to our tantalising take on technology. And if you like what you've heard, please spread the word. word.